I am pumped about this topic because we are talking all about how to turn your insecurities into your superpowers. So I'm really excited to hear all the other stories. But for me, my biggest insecurity that I probably still struggle with is trusting other people that they will really help me. And to me, that insecurity was born early in my life. It is hard to trust when the people that you love or let's even say authority figures like teachers or loved ones hurt you. However, the superpower that came out of it was that I was forced to find value in myself and leverage the resources, I like to call them gifts, um, that God had already placed in me. So for me, the superpower allowed me to take action in the midst of fear because I didn't want to wait for someone to rescue me. I didn't want to trust other people. Even though some days I failed miserably, other days I breathed victory, but each day I push my talents to the next level. And now when I look back, that insecurity that others are not going to come for me really exploded my talents to push them every day to a different level. Hello and welcome to What Rules Podcast. My name is Alisa Monjadis. I am a vision producer and executive coach at The Happy Cactus. And I am here with my co-founder, co-host, Dr. Mirari Simeon. She is an HR executive and a motivational speaker. And speaking of speakers, we have an amazing speaker as a guest today, Elaine Montilla. She is the founder of 5X Minority and the Assistant VP and CIO for Information Technology at CUNY. And so Elaine, I want to let you know that there are no rules. You can jump in anytime. You don't have to be <laughs> waiting to be called on because we can do whatever we want here. I am patiently waiting. Let me see when I can jump in. <laughs> no rules. Jump in anytime. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said something that's really interesting, uh, Merari, and I never thought about it that way. I, I think that what you're calling your superpower is actually your ability to be independent and not rely on other people and be okay with that. You know, for me personally, I had so many insecurities because I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. And when I came to the U.S., I did not speak a word of English. And when I started to learn English, I had a very heavy accent. And so being a shy Latina and, you know, we were raised to be quiet and to not raise our voices and not to speak up. It was a big struggle for me to change that into becoming the superpower that it is today. I love that you have just really leveraged this as you know, part of what differentiates you and makes you unique and you you really own it. I'm curious for you, at what point did you feel like, okay, like I'm going to own this and really make it my superpower? I, I came here, I learned English. I was told you have an accent and I struggled because people would stare at my lips to understand what I was saying. And I would get me so not sad, but afraid and scared of making sure that I'm saying the right words. And what happened to me is that I flew back to the Dominican Republic and I went to the store to buy something. And the guy at the store said, mm, you have an accent. You're not from here. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, are you kidding me? I have an accent here. I have an accent there. Why am I allowing other people 
to decide how I'm going to feel about myself. And I think that was the moment where I was like, you know what? Screw this. I have an accent. It doesn't matter what type of accent. I love it because it's mine. Uh, it makes me a unique individual. And I have a lot of gifts that I'm ready to give. So I changed it into an obstacle and it became a gift that I had because it allowed me to communicate with different people, listen to different types of music. And we were talking about that earlier. Um, and also because I work in tech, which is another superpower of mine, I'm able to think in different ways because our consumers are different. And so I'm able to think about the Spanish portion of the popularity and also the ones that live here in the U.S. I love that. And I can tell you, for me, the accent was the huge reason, probably one of the biggest reasons why I didn't start doing public speaking sooner. Because every time that I would get nervous, my accent would come out. And I still, to this day, uh, you know, there are some words like I'm going shopping, right? Instead of shopping, <laughs> right? So I would be saying something on stage and my accent would come out and people would laugh. And I would get so nervous that uh, it was like I start stumbling. And it wasn't until, you know, somebody... So I heard a similar story or a story that they were like, but that's you. Why are you letting other people stop you from using your voice? And I was like, wow, okay. And now when people laugh, I'm like, yes, that means they're paying attention. That means they're listening. If they get my accent and they laugh, that means they're paying attention. So I started viewing it in a different way. And you said it beautifully, Elaine. I saw it as a gift, right? Because people now have to pay more attention so that they can know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I went through that also when I started to do public speaking because I was so conscious of the words I was saying. Uh, and I wasn't worried about my accent when I was speaking. I was worried about forgetting things. I was worried about people judging me. I was worried about not knowing what I was talking about. And so I don't know if you ever heard of this group. It's called Toastmasters. And I think they're all over the world. I joined Toastmasters. And what I learned was to use humor as a way of getting rid of the anxiety that I had. And so when people will say something because I mispronounce a word, I would just laugh at myself and I would make a joke. And that's, I think that was the key for me to knowing that I'm not going to let people make me feel less than because now I'm going to make fun of myself so that you don't have the opportunity to make fun of me. No, I love that. It's funny because <laughs> my daughter, she doesn't speak Spanish, but she has like my accent. So she'll <laughs> say the same words with the accent. I'm just looking at her cracking up and I'm like, I love what I'm passing down to her. <laughs> I love it. And you know, I think that's the other part of, of us thinking that we don't have superpowers is, is culture, you know, yes. and society, because we have all of this conditioned thinking and people are making us feel like having an accent is something that is not good. Having curly hair is something that is not good. Having dark skin is not good. And it's that process of knowing that you have a voice and you could challenge the status quo and, you know, create your own rules. Who created these rules anyways? What rules? <laughs> I'm just going to find every opportunity to say what rules. <laughs> what rules? <laughs> exactly. Love it. When I was thinking about, for me, what, what insecurities I had uh, for my superpower, I thought about when I first became an executive coach, and I was 30 years old. I had never been an executive, mm. and I was like, well, how am I going to go find clients if 
I, you know, I worked at an advertising agency. I, I don't know. And one of my professors was like, do you realize that you're a young Latina and your competition right now, this, this is a while ago, your competition is white males from the military because that was predominantly a lot of the executive coaches coming in. And he was like, this is a perfect time to build your business. And I didn't. Like, I wish I had t- taken that advice. But I was still too insecure. I felt like I had to go climb the corporate ladder myself. So that's Mm. the path that I went down. And before I got to the place that I real that I thought I needed to get to, which now I know I who cares, right? What rules? (laughs) (laughs) But before I did that, I I met the CEO. He was a client. He was a, a marketing client of mine, and I was working with him in his tech company. And he said, "Oh, wait." you do executive coaching. I just read an article in the New York Times about how we need younger voices to empower us and give us a different perspective. So if you're, he asked me if he could be my client and he was my first like real CEO outside of my real personal network. And it was amazing. And later, as we started working together, he asked me how old I was. And he was like, oh, you're actually older than I thought you were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He's like, but I guess it'll do. (laughs) Did you fire him? No. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about age. Right. (laughs) But you know what's amazing? Um, In my office, if you walk into my office now, I have a sign right at my door that I make sure everyone reads before they enter my office. And it says, don't believe everything you think. Love it. And what you just said took me back to that because I, for many years, dealt with imposter syndrome. And I know a lot of people say, you know, that doesn't exist. Men created that. It doesn't matter. We feel it. Right. And that's what matters to me. And so I one of the things that I did and I share this with the young women that I mentor is collect evidence. And so I spent a lot of time writing down all of my accomplishments. And I've been doing this for over five years. And so every time I hear that little voice in my head coming back and saying, who do you think you are? (laughs) You are a Latina and you think you could be a CIO. I go back to that document and I'm like, last year I did this and I did this and last week I completed this and then I close it and you know I meditate so that also helps but I think it's it's the little voice in our heads that sometimes says you know what I don't think you're ready for this and we need to learn to challenge that voice and question the voice and not believe what it says all the time. I love that term collect evidence because you know confidence comes from Mm. your past achievements Exactly. And it's something that is happens from before. When you were in Toastmasters, you weren't a confident speaker. But after you practice and practice and practice, now yes. you're a TEDx speaker. You're speaking all over. And you have the confidence because of the work that you put in. And that's the evidence of your expertise. And I... I I do that with clients. I didn't have a term for it. So thank you. Steal (laughs) it. You can steal it. Totally stealing it. (laughs) Collect evidence to build confidence. 
you know what happens, especially for Latinas, is that we are waiting for other people to validate us, right? Instead of knowing that we are the ones that need to validate ourselves. I don't know if you know Dr. Brené Brown. She talks a lot about vulnerability, which is another one of my superpowers because I'm an empath and so I'm very sensitive. And as a leader, especially during the pandemic, it has helped me so much connect with my teams and connect with my staff. And so I I praise myself all the time. And I tell myself what a good job I'm doing. Um, I high five myself when I when I feel that I completed something that was really meaningful to me. And I think it takes practice, but we need to start, you know, seeing the value that we have for ourselves instead of waiting for my boss to tell me that I did a good job or my mom to tell me that, I, that I'm a good daughter. I think we're in a cycle sometimes that it's really hard to come out of. I go back to what you said about collecting the evidence. I think we got to really take a look at what we've achieved. And many would say, well, I'm not there yet. And I always go back to resiliency. I'm like, look at the things that you've experienced in your life. They may not have a certificate. They may not have a title, but whoa, the things you've been able to achieve Others haven't. And I think sometimes when we start collecting those evidence, we really need to look more than just the workplace, but look mm. at the things that we've been able to survive. Number one, as being a woman, and number two, being a Latina, and number three, being a working mom. And don't let me get on because I, I have like 10 pages. But I, I love that, Elaine. It's like give yourself credit because mm. sometimes we think, we make up these rules, which now we say, what rules that, oh, it has to be this way. This is what women do, or, or this is what we've seen, or this is what we go through as mothers or, or Latinas or whatever it may be in this country. And it's, it's not true. And sometimes that stops us because we, we look at, well, I don't have the experience. And how many of us have heard, we don't have the experience for that? No, we do. It may not look like the way the world wants to see it, but we have the experience and more potential than they can handle. Yeah. And you know, something that I learned recently doing some research for a talk that I had is that even when it comes to getting hired and having a job, you know, women look at the job descriptions that people are putting together online. And unless we have a hundred percent of the qualifications, we don't hit apply, which is insane because men could have 50% of the qualifications and they're like, I could do this. That's fine. <laughs> so I, I, I want to empower women to understand that you have what it takes. And if you don't, you could learn it. You could yes. get it. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I, I created 5X Minority was a way for me to turn, right? All of these things that I thought were uh, some things that were you know, putting me down or or not helping me to turn all of that into my brand. I made it my brand. 5X minority. I mean, it's all these things that I struggle with being a female and, and being a lesbian and being a, a Latina and, and being a woman in tech, which is insanely challenging these days. And so that's what I, I'm hoping that your audience can get that, that, that piece of advice from me that it is up to you and you could turn it around if you wanted to. Absolutely. I think that's the beauty of asking ourselves what rules is if we don't look at it as like, it's not a rule. You can walk right through it. You could break it. You could do whatever you want with it. Then the sky's the limit. Yeah. And also, you know, try new things and see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. If it doesn't work, you turn left. And if it works, you keep going forward. We had a guest, um, a 
a few months ago who said, why not? And she moved with, she moved as a single mom to another country to start another job. And she said, why not? And then she moved to another place, same situation. And it was always, why not? And that's uh, gradually she grew that way. And one of the things that both of you said kind of struck a chord with me because thinking about that evidence, collecting the evidence of not mm-hmm. just your achievements, but what you've been able to overcome. That is super powerful. If you can think through not just what you've done, but how you've persevered and all the adversity that you have faced that you have now turned around. And Elaine, uh, earlier you had said you redefined your insecurities. And I love that idea of redefining what are these things that actually make me amazing, yeah, you know, I was talking to one of my friends last week and uh, we were talking about quotes and she was saying, oh, God, I have so many quotes. And I said, you know what? I have one. I could tell you my favorite quote in two seconds because it helped me redefine myself. So if you ladies are ready, I want to share my favorite quote with you. Um, it's from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I can tell you that quote changed my whole life because we grow up seeing ourselves a certain way because society tells us that if you're Latina, you're supposed to do X. And my question for everyone listening is, why do you need to do that? Are you questioning the things that are being thrown at you? And I know that because I have all these titles that society wants to give me, they've tried to put me in so many boxes. I mean, I have a hundred boxes that society tries to put me into. And that's the constant fight, you know, trying to get myself out of the boxes. And I think as I grow older, the process for me is actually unlearning all of the things that without knowing my mom transferred to me or my teachers transferred to me or even my mentors, because not all mentors are perfect 100 percent. And so we all carry those insecurities with us that, you know, it takes time. It's a it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. What would you say has been so we talked about um, a little bit about your process, but when you're like in the depths of despair and, you know, we all get to these (laughs) this negative self-talk where, you know, you can be this empowering speaker, even and Madari knows this. We've talked about this. You're out there motivating everyone. And then you have those moments when you're all alone and some of those thoughts creep back in and the things that you think you're about, you're like, ah, why do I have to learn this again? How, how do you get yourself out of those slumps? Uh, yes, that's a good question. Um, you know, for me, the biggest help was therapy. I actually had a therapist that worked with me for a few months. Um, and she's the one that helped me start collecting evidence because I was not able to believe all of the accomplishments that I've had. And she started to make me write them down. And so I I thank her for helping me with that. But, you know, the other thing that I do is question my thoughts constantly. And I, I think my spiritual practice is what has helped me with that. I meditate every day. And so during my meditation, I try to make space for nothing, for nothing. Because during the day, we're so busy going from what 
from one thought to the next, to the next, to the next. And we don't give our brain any time to relax or breathe. And so I like sitting in silence. Um, and the other thing that I do is I usually ask myself, what is this here to teach me? I've had a lot of very tough moments. I've made mistakes because <laughs> I am very imperfect, uh, which is something that I wish more leaders would admit to uh, in public. Um, we're very imperfect. And so um, I am always looking for the lesson. I am always saying, okay, well, this happened and I messed this up. What is this here to teach me? And then I write it down. I journal a lot. And so it helps me to remember because I think words are very powerful. That's why I like writing poetry. And so I write it down and I say, you know what? I messed this up and I, now I can see why I forgot to do this last week or I missed this deadline because, um, you know, I was distracted. And so I think being humble helps with that a lot and understanding that we are not perfect and also seeing beauty in our imperfections, which sometimes is really hard, you know? But I'm a human being and I and I love every part of it. And that includes the parts that are good in quotations and the parts that are bad in quotations. Because I don't know who created good and bad, but anyways. What rules? <laughs> what rules? <laughs> this is gonna turn into an existential podcast. <laughs> That's right. What somebody thinks is good for them may be bad for me, you know, so it's vice versa. So what rules? It's up to you. What rules? Yeah. And, you know, growing up, it was it was interesting because I never grew up thinking that I could go into tech because in my family, that was something that men would do. And if you look at television and if you see commercials, you don't see girls. I think it's changing now, thank God. And you see more female scientists and, um, you know, technicians and, and leaders. But we have a long way to go. And, and I think one of one of the things that I'm trying to accomplish is to make sure other girls could see me uh, as a role model because I didn't have that many when I was growing up. And so that's that's what I walk in saying every day. What rules? Of course, I'm a woman <laughs> and I am in tech and I'm going to sit in this room full of men and, and run a meeting because why not? And you're like, I'm a minority, but I'm a 5X minority. And not only that, but I'm going to make it my whole brand <laughs> so that if anyone has any of these Xs, you can see that I can do it. I know. Yeah. But, you know, I I have a lot of privilege, too. And I want to take a moment to recognize that because I know that even when it comes to, you know, belonging to the LGBTQ community, I can get away with a lot of things. Because people don't see it as soon as I enter a room. And so I'm mindful of that. And I want to bring that up and make sure that everyone that hears me, happy Pride, by the way. <laughs> this is Pride Month. Um, you know, it's, it's also um, powerful to understand all of the, uh, the power that we have and the opportunities that we have that other people don't have. And so I, I know that it's easy for me to sit here and say a lot of the things that I'm saying, but I know that there is a big struggle out there for a lot of other Latinas who have a, an accent that's way stronger than mine and, and don't find a way out. And I, and I want to thank you for this program because you're helping a lot of us get through uh, some of those situations. I'm so thankful that we can have amazing women like yourself come and I'm repeating myself, but I think it's it's worth repeating that you've made a choice to become visible throughout your insecurities and you have made a decision to be a role model. You didn't have to. You could easily be a CIO 
in your little corner, <laughs> not sharing with anyone. And so <laughs> I would really encourage our listeners to not stay in your corner and not stay hidden because you have no idea what impacts you make just by showing up. And showing up as all of you is very powerful and transformational. So I want to acknowledge you, Elaine, for showing up, for showing up in all your areas and for being here on this podcast and and through your art, through your poetry, which I know we're going to get to in a little bit. Thank you so much, Alisa. <laughs> I wanted to share something quickly, yes, if I please. can. Um, I I did my TEDx talk and I was, it, it was an amazing process and I was really scared and I didn't know what was going to happen. But I want to tell you that when I finished that talk, I got so many emails and messages from women who were telling me, I can't believe you are, you went through the same things that I went through. Thank you so much for saying out loud what we are going through working in tech. And I think that was the fuel that, that confirmed that I needed to continue my work with 5X Minority. Because sometimes I've told myself, you're a CIO already. You could just sit down <laughs> and relax. But I realized that, that they need me, you know, the future generations need me. And so I can't sit down anymore. I have a responsibility now to give back and and demonstrate that if I did it, not speaking English, being Latina and being gay, of course they can do it. And I want them to see that so that they can uh, continue to fight and move forward. It all goes back to everything that we continue to talk about, right? Is we all have talents, we all have gifts, and we need to share them with people so that they know that they can bring those gifts they have inside them to life and be successful. And do not let the rules that the world puts around you or the thoughts that that you think rule your everyday actions. Because if you do that, then you're putting rules. And, you know, we're all about not having rules or what rules. <laughs> you know, something else that helped me a lot, I have this book from Don Miguel Ruiz. It's called The Four Agreements. It's one of my favorite books. And one of the agreements that he shares is don't make assumptions. And I realized that I was making so many assumptions about the things that other people were thinking about me or saying about me that were not true. And that was holding me back. If you could please take one thing from today, don't believe everything you think, but also ask questions and stop making so many assumptions. I've been in rooms where I think people are talking about me and they don't care about me at all. And so I think that can hold us back just wondering and thinking that other people are so interested in the things we're doing when they're really interested in themselves. Dr. Marissa Franco came on our podcast and she talked about a Cornell study that says that people like you more than you know. And when we think that people, we assume that they don't like us or that Mm -hmm. they're judging us or whatever, it actually holds us back. Exactly. And uh, just so you know, I'm in the group with Marisa and Vanessa Santos. I want to give them a shout out quickly. (laughs) Um, We have this group of women and we support each other all the time. And every Friday we share our wins. And it is so amazing to see how women can support other women. Uh, And so I was delighted when you mentioned her name because I love both of them. Yes. Oh, that's fun. I just I just chatted with Vanessa earlier today, too. (laughs) Small world. (laughs) I love it. Cool. 
I'm going to offer an exercise for our listeners that now I'm going to call the collecting evidence exercise, <laughs> previously known as the spider exercise, but collecting evidence sounds way better than spider. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to charge you, Alisa. <laughs> so, okay, this is listeners, this is what you're going to do. And uh, you're going to draw a circle in the middle of a piece of paper with a lot of lines coming out. So it's going to look like a big sun or a spider. And this is your way to collect evidence. And in each of these legs of the spider, you're going to write your achievements, things that you're proud of, and any adversities that you've overcome. And this evidence collection it's this it looks like a spider because that's how we think of ourselves but then it ends up looking like a bright sun and this Mm. bright sun is what you can take away and when you forget who you are this is the evidence that has brought you up to this point and you can renew this exercise anytime or add legs at any time you want and when you forget you have a visual aid of everything that you've achieved, everything that you've overcome. And so I want to thank you, Elaine, for giving me the new collecting evidence name. (laughs) You're welcome. Listeners, do try this at home. (laughs) I I love the sunshine piece of it, though. It's like, be the light. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to my mind when you started describing. I was like, oh, that's a sun and we have rays that are coming out and illuminating the world and other people around us. I love it. Miradi, before we end, do you have anything that you would like to share? I always put Miradi on the spot. (laughs) No, I think, you know, that was so inspirational. I was about to interrupt you and say, look at you being all inspirational and stuff with the sun. I mean, (laughs) that was beautiful. Be the light, be the, you know... Leverage the, each ray represents a gift. It might have been a difficult time that you overcame, but the gift is that you overcame that. And take every single one of those experiences as just a blessing that made you stronger each day. So exercise mm. those gifts and arise and shine, like I like to say. Hey, Lane, um, before you recite your poem. Can you tell us what inspired you in that at that time in your life um, to mm. write it? Yeah. So um, one of the things that, that I share a lot is that, you know, growing up, I often thought that I was to be good at one thing only. And then I realized that there are so many things we could do. We don't have to just stick with one. And I was really shy about sharing the things that I would write until I decided to make it a superpower. Um, and so I, I think I was on vacation and I was coming back and, and I was listening to someone talk about their hair, the, the curls, the natural curls. And I was so impressed about the feedback that came on Facebook to this person saying, are you kidding me? Your curls are so beautiful. And I remember myself uh, worrying about my hair and is it going to rain outside? I need to cover it. It's going to look ugly (laughs) Uh, because of another assumption, thinking that straight hair is the most beautiful hair out there when that is not true. And so I I decided to take my, my cell phone and just start writing things that came out of my mind. I was like, you know what? This could be a poem. Let me just, let me keep writing and and share it with everyone. And, And that's where it came from. All right, go ahead. Thank you. My superpowers. See, 
soy diferente. My words do sound different, and that is my superpower. Mis palabras son mías, and I own every part of my accent. I'm not walking around feeling less than. My accent is my asset. It elevates my wisdom. It helps me express ideas in a unique way. So tell me why. Why do you feel less than? Why the shame? Why the discomfort? Why do you make yourself smaller? Never again let someone decide your worth. Know that your accent, the color of your skin, your sexual preference, your fears, your insecurities, they are all your superpowers. And you are even more beautiful because of it and despite it. Want to know how breaking the rules can help you level up your career game? Search What Rules Podcast on any social media platform and join our members-only group on LinkedIn, where we discuss rule-breaking strategies for multicultural women. What Rules is a production of Color Forward. The show is produced by me, Elisa Monjadas, with editing and fabulous sound design by Mathar Delion. Visit colorforward.com for more stories, events, and of course, all the episodes of What Rules.